Welcome to Bookcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Tune in to a live discussion at 4 p.m. UTC on Friday. Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. We are here to discuss the most exciting industry topics with the best industry experts, influencers, and remarkable personalities. I'm Konstantin Kogun, co-founder of Bullperks, uh, and we're here today with amazing uh, people. Like you know, who are I'm going to skip the entire intro because we had so much fun in the preparation. I'm going to do it more like uh, not formal because I, I just could not. If I would tell you what we discussed, it would be already cut down. <laughs> so without further ado, uh, meet uh, Nish uh, Sajidev, who's creative director of Coin. Telegraph Mena and Managing Director of Luna Media Corp and Luna PR and Moral Nuri, uh, the CEO of Luna PR with a background of financial advisory. Um, hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thanks hi. for having us. Thanks for that intro. <laughs> yes, thank you. I mean, I, I skipped the doctor part because, you know, be, I, I would be just smiling too much so uh, we're trying to make it fun we're going to try to make it uh, less formal and but at the same time useful and informative right so uh, i mean given your background maybe you can tell us a little bit like uh, what brought you to blockchain right you know and to the crypto as an industry well you want to take this first yeah, sure. Absolutely. So <laughs> for me, it's uh, quite an exciting story. Um, I always had an interest in crypto and blockchain, but my biggest issue was the barrier of how to enter. I didn't really know how. And I happened to go to a yacht party uh, quite a few years back and I bumped into our CEO, Nikita Sachdev. And she uh, sold me a dream about this is the PR agency I'm working on. This is my sister. We're running a really cool show right now. Do you want to get involved? We have clients and this. And I said, you know what? Sure. Why not? So that's how I entered. Um, <laughs> so not you're like, you know, it wasn't like had books and I was reading. I just trying to find out it was I bumped into the right at people party. at the same time at a yacht party. <laughs> okay, nice. Nish? My story also involves our CEO, except she is my <laughs> sister. So <laughs> I was roped in really early since. <laughs> Perfect. clients and uh, uh, the deal you're probably going to talk a little bit about the coin telegraph deal that you're now like consolidated like one of the top media agencies in this uh, region right but before that let's let's talk about the generally like what's what's happening in the region right in middle east and north africa because according to chain analysis like in 2022 it's one of the fastest growing markets right now in your in, in uh, uh, region and now with uh, the soccer uh, competition fifa 2022 in qatar and saudi arabia like it's like it's blowing up like a lot of crypto companies are flourishing so tell us a little bit about the peculiarities of uh, this particular region yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start and then Nisha can add more. So definitely when it comes to uh, the UAE or this region as a whole, um, there's been an exponential like interest. And through that interest, the government entities have been involved. And actually earlier this year, uh, Sheikh Hamdan announced that there was um, uh, basically like a metaverse strategy. So he put that in play and said they wanted to put around $5 billion into the industry as a whole. They even wanted to measure some form of GDP through metaverse. Um, and then actually earlier today, it was announced, I personally saw it on, on Arabian Business, that he actually wants the metaverse hub to begin in this region. So that's going to create over 40,000 jobs. Um, and honestly, the possibilities are endless. So that's to do with, of course, metaverse, Web3 as a whole, blockchain. Um, in this region, of course, there's the ministry 
Ministry of I, there's regulators involved uh, in Dubai, there's FARA, in Abu Dhabi, there's ADGM. Um, so there's a lot going on at the moment, but maybe Nish, you want to add more? Yeah, of course. Um, what, what I found really interesting was that they have a ministry of blockchain and they have a ministry of AI and they have all these futuristic government bodies already working on implementing this technology, which is something that you just don't see very often. Um, I mean, it, it's been an incredible journey as well seeing it. Uh, they've already implemented blockchain in their medical and educational sectors. Um, you know, and they're always growing and, you know, growing these government bodies, like Morel said, and with VARA and ADGM and, uh, you know, really trying to incorporate and be, um, you know, the, as much of a forward thinker as possible when it comes to blockchain. Yeah. And that's that's beautiful. So, like, uh, if we would develop a little bit this conversation, so you mentioned like education, healthcare. What are the other niches you believe will grow from here, like, and it will drive the massive adoption? Because we heard like there are a lot of projects that are including insurance, voting, welfare benefits, mm -hmm. like you know, charity organization like royalties and other opportunities. So, what do you see as people who are working directly with projects? So I feel like um, medical is, I think, one of the most basic needs <laughs> with blockchain. It, it It's mm -hmm. one of those industries that hasn't developed. It hasn't grown. Uh, you go to a lot of hospitals, they're still using paper to hold on to medical records. Um, now, okay, fine, you have an online system. But that's about the end of it. What if the server crashes? There's no backup. Um, and we see this as a massive problem and uh, being involved in the medical industry as well. We have, I've seen patients lose their entire medical history and they won't know what they've done. So you have to go and tra trace back to doctors. And a lot of times you can't find them or the files are missing. I mean, it's complete chaos. So that's one of the easiest fixes uh, is by using blockchain technology uh, to hold these medical records. But aside from that, you have so many other aspects. I mean, from IP rights uh, for royalties when it comes to music, um, for even like the smallest uh, things with education, keeping a track record on, um, you know, degrees and birth certificates and anything really. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different use cases when it comes to blockchain. Um, payments being, I think, one of the most popular. So that too. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. And I uh, think, um, <laughs> sorry? Maybe some examples. <laughs> Um, well, some example, what I was going to say is obviously like organizations, businesses, and even like government institutions are adopting blockchain because of the, the transparency, like in terms of data. So um, they're all using it. And I think, yeah, I think Nish gave more than enough examples, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Supply chain. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's, there we go. that's the thing. That's, you live already in a, in a country that's one of the one of the most developed, like, and one of the most prominent and forward-thinking in this particular domain where the government and, like, the business as a sector are working together beautifully, right? So um, maybe something that you notice during the conferences or working directly with projects that already is implemented, already in your day-to-day -day life. Can you share something like that? For me personally, it's actively trading, um, even transactions, like when we're paying like making payments as a company we're using blockchain so like that's like the best use case for me as an individual actively trading um even at conferences uh when there's sponsorship opportunities people are being able to pay crypto even for conferences like so bitcoin that happens in miami 
when people are buying their ticket, they're able to purchase it with crypto. So those transactions are happening um, on the blockchain. But uh, yeah, maybe Nish, you have some more examples. Or well, on the payment side, I am a massive <laughs> advocate for DeFi. I love decentralized finance. Um, I love uh, what it what is doing for the space. Uh, you know, it, we have a lot of our colleagues from. Lebanon, uh, and I think we can all we all know what's going on with Lebanese um, banks as well. And, and I mean, the, the blockchain fixes a lot. DeFi fixes a lot. Um, you know, it gives a power back to the people, and I feel like that's one of the most powerful messages behind crypto itself. Even though crypto is a small part of blockchain uh, as a whole, um, you know, it, it's really solving major issues across the board. I mean, and if you want another example to put it in perspective, my dad, he was born in the slums uh, in India. So the hospital that he was born at doesn't exist anymore. He could not get mm -hmm. his birth certificate. Uh, so when we tried to, we lived in Singapore for a while, tried to get a PR there. They needed his birth certificate. He doesn't have one. Um, so uh, imagine what that could do if you could not lose something like that if you could not tamper with documents like that you know in someone's life um so i i love that message of uh you know owning your own data and owning your information and owning your your net worth it, it should be your right yeah, like 100% agree. And I think digitization of documents is, is beautiful, what you're doing with lands or personal documentation, healthcare. Now, we've seen example in Qatar, uh, they advertise that now you can with Binance app, you can even pay at the gas station, right? You know, so um, so how far are we like from, I don't know, going to a shopping mall in Dubai and pay with crypto for day to day, like, you know, everything, groceries or anything that you want to purchase? Well, if so, you have a card, we're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, if you have Revolut, Crypto.com, or I, I use another one called Bitcoin Black, it depends. So there are some payment solutions there already in play. But in terms of mm -hmm. mass adoption to that level, I, I don't think we're far off. We're, I think we're very near that. Um, it's just a matter of building that foundation and trust and, and expanding the growth of, of the whole industry as a whole, and, and we'll get there. But I also feel like a lot of uh, there's a lot of room to grow as well. A lot of people need to enter crypto, uh, you know, for it to be like a regular thing. Because when you go out, um, you know, let's say to a coffee shop and you meet someone else in crypto, you're like, oh, hey, I'm in crypto, too. You're like finding your little unicorn with you. But uh, I guess if in those terms, we do have a long way to go. But when it comes to payments, I feel like we're really close. We're we're basically there. That's beautiful. And the fact that, like, I think today, actually, or to yesterday, the, there's a new higher committee of future technology development and digital economy. They approved a new strategy for metaverse uh, in Dubai. And that's yeah. another very step. So there are mm -hmm. a lot of amazing news. Um, yeah. But let's talk about, a little bit about the also realities, right? So the, the market changed. I'm not going to bring up like what happened in the last few weeks. We all know it. The <laughs> FTX crash and then the ripple effect. Um, so tell us a little bit how's it, how's it impacting the the mood and the atmosphere like in a, in Mina region. I think so. 
my parents are not so heavily involved in crypto, but like in the last week I've heard FTX come out of their mouth like eight times. So it's definitely like people are hearing things, you know, or, or like I have friends who don't understand anything, not interested and they're like, so uh, FTX, what's what's happening? What's going on? So unfortunately, bad news spreads like fire. Like I wish it was the opposite, like great FTX also, or not FTX, but like, you know, Binance announced their, um, it's actually a great example. CZ was at a conference last week in Abu Dhabi and he announced that Binance is now signed with ADGM. They're opening up shop and the next guy who came on uh, that economist uh said some really Good negative things and that yeah oh and that spread yeah. like fire so I don't know. I think people, it's human nature to hear the negative and not the good and the positive. So the sentiment in this region is, it's like a 50-50 at the moment, but at least people are curious. And eventually we can change that neg negativity to mutual and all of a sudden in a, in a couple months or in a year from now, they're, they're all happily trading on their centralized and decentralized exchanges. But um, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a conversation. <laughs> Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I have to say, I am getting a lot of support. I mean, it's cute to see all my crypto friends reach out and be like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Um, you know, or like, are you affected? Is your team okay? Is Nikki fine? You yeah. know, so like, I enjoy that, that, that side of things. It's been really good. And also I've been at conferences and everyone's always bullish. So um, not sure I've noticed it as much. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think yeah. the first two or three days were a bit negative. Like, it wasn't negative, but for the people who've been in the industry since, you know, 2012, 2014, it was and stressful. so on, like, yeah, it was stressful. And it was just, I think, more, more so, like, upsetting. Because from one end, I guess this had to happen. So if you speak to some experts, it's like something like this had to happen eventually, like it's obvious, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just part of growing pains. But I, I could I could understand the frustration, the sad, like, people were a bit upset, obviously. And it yeah. just kind of is what it is. Yeah, because everyone had a lot of trust in, uh, you know, these centralized exchanges. And um, I guess no one really saw this coming. Well, no, I wouldn't say no one. A lot of people called it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think the majority of people did not. They, they didn't see this coming. Yeah. And then yeah. from like from exchanges and then also from like the VC fund aspect as well. Like people are now also skeptical. Like before it was like, oh, this is VC back top VC and everyone's running. Like everyone's like, okay, I'm going to invest because, you know, so-and-so is, is is backing this project. And now like people are like, I don't know, it's it's funny. Like every year it's like a different trend of how projects pump or get yeah. this like hype behind them. And we saw the VC phase and I, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, to be honest. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. I, and I will say that this... Oh, yeah, sorry, I think I'm a little <laughs> silly, but, um, but I, I think the, this kind of uh, cleanse is needed, um, especially when an industry is so young, because it really helps clear out, uh, you know, projects that aren't sustainable, that won't last uh, for long. And it, it shines a light on the projects that are actually doing things right. You know, we've seen a lot of projects step forward and say, well, actually, here's our proof of reserves or, you know, here's what we are doing to make sure this never happens. You know, so so you're getting a lot of good out of it. But as Morel mentioned, people like bad news. You know, they like the drama. hundred percent. You know, emotion. You, there is actually scientific proof that uh, emotions are a thousand times more powerful than facts. So that's why, you know, we're we're going to get to the phase when people will come down and understand it's not only hype, it's not only like all the scammers and people who are doing like for just embezzlement reasons, right? You know, so there are also builders who are for years of their life, uh, dedicate everything to build infrastructure. It's not easy. There's a lot of mistakes we're, we're doing and we're consolidating as an industry to help each other, right? To build 
the the future. And yeah, we need the new industry standards. I would agree more with you that yes, it's proof of reserves is one thing that uh, CZ announced and a few other exchanges supported him already showcased that they have enough funds. And I think another yeah. thing is just like generally due diligence standards have to change. We invested in a lot of metaverse projects that are actually in Dubai and beautifully developing, creating amazing immersive experiences. But at the same time, like, you know, can we 100% say that their economies are sustainable? No, we're not sure. It's an experiment, right? So there's pros and cons to that. But um, I think we will open up the floor to our audience, right? To For them to ask you questions, because they're ready. They have a lot of questions. Um, and I'm just going to read it and you can jump on any question you would like. Um, so uh, we have Elon from YouTube. I, I don't think it's Musk, but potentially. Um, <laughs> Are there any specific industries that you think uh, will greatly benefit from a mass adoption of crypto and blockchain technologies? The question should be, are there any industries that won't? Like, I feel like it's going to eventually be spread across, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. We'll, we'll take it from there. <laughs> um, supply chain from Twitter is asking, it's a tricky nickname <laughs> there are terms we use to describe crypto trustless permissionless and so on what are some other terms we can add to the list to attract the masses adaptation um i don't know nish you answer while i think of some <laughs> i was hoping you would answer while i think <laughs> uh, um, breaking barriers security mm. power to the people <laughs> yeah, excitement, panic. <laughs> Unfortunately, panic. some like negative ones too, but I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, we're trying to bring people in. <laughs> I know, I know, yes. you're right, you're right. Sorry. Some PTSD. We're fine. <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> yes, it's fine. Um, so intelligentsia from YouTube is asking, I assume different cultures require different approaches. Are there differences in how Cointelegraph Mina uh, is operating compared to the other regions? Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would Go you on. like to? Okay. So yeah, no, no, no. we like to focus on education. Um, you know, right now the MENA region is growing rapidly when it comes to crypto. But the problem that we faced early on is when you have a massive inflow of crypto projects, you, your educational tools cannot keep up. So right now what we're doing is we're giving a platform for education to make sure that users know what they're getting into, how to stay safe, um, you know, just what to look out for in the industry. So that that's our goal there. Morel, if you want to add anything here. Yeah, sure. And then to that, so with Cointelegraph, Mina, um, the website is in Arabic, like there's an option to translate, but this region, obviously a lot of Arabic speakers. And of course, it, it's nice to see that English is across the board, but a lot of them are may, might be more comfortable speaking in Arabic or better understand terminology, especially crypto terminology in Arabic. So at least they have that um, outlook as well. And then also in terms of um, like opportunity. So there's a lot of, of course, talent out of this region. And it's, let's say um, it's even artists or cooks or race car drivers or, or whatever. We, and then they're entering the space through NFTs or some form of platform within the Web3 space. Um, we get to interview these people, allow them to have a voice in a platform where they're heard across the crypto space. And then, of course, hopefully driving more um, uh, like traditional individuals into the Web3 space as well, using like amplifying. So it's a super exciting um, like project and publication to be part of. It's just 
uh, we're still getting there. So just keep an eye out for Coin Telegraph Mina because it's it's growing rapidly. Perfect. Now we have uh, another interesting question from Malik Ulusan from LinkedIn. Uh, said, in your opinion, is there a relationship between meme coins such as Doge and crypto adoption? Could meme coins help people to get accustomed to what crypto promotes? This one's a tricky question. So um, mm. I guess it depends what Elon chooses to do with Doge at this point. But <laughs> but for the rest of the meme coins, uh, I personally like to call meme coins gambling. Um, and, and I mean, it, it is. You don't know what it's going to do. It's super volatile. Um, anything could pump it. It's all based around the hype. But yeah. then again, that's one of the exciting parts about crypto. It's one of the, the basic fundamentals of supply and demand. So it, I believe that it could help in getting a certain personality involved in crypto, um, you know, and it could help show volatility. It could help show that uh, of the power of what actual hype can do. I don't personally think that it will add too much value when it comes to the long-term benefits of crypto, but they are fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And then just to add on to what Nisha's saying. So I don't know out of how many of those even meme coins, like utility is going to be a part of it, or there's actually use cases behind these memes. So Shib and Doge, because of how viral they went as meme coins, they might actually have some utility behind them. So SHIB is on the Ethereum blockchain, so it's not its own, but um, it's eventually like these joke memes actually became something. So they both have like obviously some form of use case now, but it's not going to be like that with all of them. So I, I agree with Niche, kind of more on the gambling aspect, like just want to try it out. Mm -hmm. Sure, why not? And to be fair, it did open some windows for people to get into enter the space. I'm sure like a lot of oh. people's first like purchase of a token was probably a meme or at least our first five. Dogecoin. There was a massive wave of people that got in because of Doge and we'll see more of those. Yeah. So I guess yeah. it would help in some cases, but are there are a lot of people that also lost money because of Doge and because yeah. of, you know, these meme yeah. coins. So, so there's another good question, I think, in terms of Moxie from YouTube is asking, could Elon's acquisition of Twitter push crypto adoption to new heights? Or this is a, an, an unrealistic expectation from now regarding current events like FTX next fall. So is it? By the way, also, I would just add important thing for the people who might not know. Is Twitter even popular in MENA region? yeah well yes and no i think twitter's just yeah yeah uh, twitter popular. for sorry, the Mara. crypto scene it's yeah sorry, sorry sorry to kick off um for the crypto scene it's quite large to be honest um it was like a lot of the crypto first of all a lot of the crypto influencers have moved here obviously they have a following on twitter and then on top of that i think there was even like a huge they have like this thing once year where they have like a boxing match with crypto influencers in this region they had a massive one last year i think they did it again this year if they haven't already so it's it's pretty big, to be honest. Um, but go ahead, Nish. Yeah, so, I mean, Twitter itself, I think, like Maral said, is massive within the crypto community. Um, in the MENA region, I feel like it, people have been involved with Twitter and Reddit as their social media platforms from the get-go. I mean, now that Instagram's kind of uh, blown up, but Twitter, I've, I feel, has really played an important role here. Perfect. Now, uh, the continuation of this, I, uh, so Blockchain Jelly from YouTube is asking, do you think the atmosphere and the crypto Twitter community affects how crypto 
is perceived uh, by the masses. I admit it's uh, all, all funny, but I also think the atmosphere is negative for psychology and promotes uh, degeneracy. <laughs> interesting. I, it's interesting because, like, for for me, like, I've I've found that like I go through phases where I love Twitter for crypto, and then I go through phases where I don't. So during a bear bull market, Twitter is fun. Like, I love it. Once we hit that bear market, I've been like totally off Twitter and I'm all about LinkedIn because like, like this is when builders are working. This is when the real projects are coming through. And like that quality is actually coming out of LinkedIn, to be honest, like they're posting, they're engaging, they're inviting. The community is like real there. Like you can, it's not someone behind a screen. You can look them up, read about their past. Oh, they were, they went to Harvard or they did this or did that, or they were just working in a grocery store and now entered the space. But with Twitter, it's like, you don't know who's who and, and people at, it's not taken as seriously. So maybe that will change eventually. But um, unless you're really involved in crypto, like people don't really know that Twitter is like a main thing for it. Like, um, we obviously have a PR and marketing agency, and we hire PR and comm specialists that might not, they might be in tech, but maybe they're still new to the crypto scene. Obviously, they get onboarded and they'll, some, some of them will get quite surprised and they're like, oh, so Twitter's where it's at, you know, like, so it's not very common for people to realize unless they're already in the industry, I guess. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, there, another question from Omar Yusuf from YouTube. Um, uh, how do you, I mean, you've answered already briefly, maybe just elaborating a little bit. Um, so how do you see the current state of crypto adoption in MENA countries? Is it ahead of, or behind? I expect it to be ahead because of the financial revolution and being your own bank narratives. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, definitely yeah. ahead. Um, the the only thing is that uh, a lot of countries it's still illegal. So a lot of uh, projects that are based out of um, you know the MENA region, they like to be Sharia compliant. Um, you know, make sure that they're not gambling enabled and things like that. So I guess it, it it's more of a cultural thing. But the the adoption mm -hmm. on its own is definitely out there. The fact that they even have the term Sharia compliance is interesting enough um you know so so we are seeing a lot of uh you know a, a lot of people that are in the space uh based out of dubai especially i mean almost everyone has either invested in crypto or knows about crypto um but uh i'd say even the majority of my friends they've actually all uh been involved in crypto in some way or the other so yeah. And by the way, Sharia compliant, not to be completely, you know, afraid of this. This is just mostly for, for bigger financial uh, companies and companies that are de dealing with loans. You know, there are a few rules that they're very friendly. Like in Dubai, we, when we were uh, my previous hedge fund, we were offered like a very clear description of what you need to do to be sure compliant or agencies who help you with that. So don't be discouraged if you hear that, you know, like there, there are people to help you out. In the region and yeah so i i think we have uh one of the last questions i want to ask you before we wrap up rafael is asking in your opinion um uh, is crypto and blockchain adoption tied to market cycles will we have a moment in the future where crypto is so widely adopted that public opinion won't be affected by the prices that's a good question go ahead nish <laughs> well, you think <laughs> um, it is it is definitely tied to the market cycles because that's when you get the news, right? So, uh, yeah. for example, what happened with Doge that that was a 
a bull run. Um, you know, we saw Elon talking about it all the time. A lot of people entered because of it. Um, yeah. And it made a lot of millionaires as well. But uh, now with the FTX drama, I mean, news is still news. So people are coming up mm -hmm. to me and they're saying, I want to get in. Everyone's saying, now's the time to buy. How do I do this? Uh, so yeah. I, I, I kind of contradicted myself there. That's <laughs> no, okay. I, I do feel like uh, I, I feel like it follows the news cycles rather than the yeah. uh, the price cycle. Yeah. So you yeah, know whether think, it's good news or bad news, news spreads. Yeah, I think crypto is still very volatile at the moment. Um, whether it's politically, what's going on, whether we're in a recession or not, it does affect it. It's it's obvious at an all time high where we had a three trillion market cap, and now we're below one trill, which is obviously that's why because people don't get it they're like wow bitcoin was 65k now it's like not even 17 and like they'll talk because they don't understand but it's like these things that are happening around the world affect crypto at the moment will it will we see less of this as more regulations come in yes we will we definitely will but um it's still the beginning so invest at your own risk uh, oh, <laughs> that's the best advice. now i will leave you with the last question which was actually a direct message to me because of the person was shy to ask but like and asked not to name it but it's a very controversial very good question so i have to ask you since you're in pr right uh and what what happens with let's say sam bankman and, and people of similar caliber right when they're like either forbes 30 under 30 or fortune 40 under 40 and they're like praised by all the best influencers by all the media right how do we as an industry and you specifically from the pr standpoint make sure that we do to the best of our ability to do diligence like projects and founders before we give them so much recognition that's yeah, really that's that's, a, that's yeah um, yeah well um no i was gonna say um i lost my train of thought a little bit but basically like so for us it's a bit different because when we onboard projects we have to do our due diligence we look into the projects like are they doxxed are they not are they like and it's it Okay, it's you're right for crypto, but we can say the same for traditional markets too in the finance industry and, and everything else. Like you can, you know, put anyone on a pedestal and you don't know what they're going to do behind closed doors. So it's a good question, but at the same time, like we can only do our due diligence and then and then handle situations, I guess. It's a it's a very loaded question and I don't want to answer it incorrectly, but um <laughs> but I mean anyone can become a celebrity. We've seen people fake it till they make it. Inventing Anna, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have uh, yeah. all these people that have really just made a name for themselves as well. Um and that falls out of our realm sometimes you know we don't have control over what people do and even as an agency we cannot stop a founder of a project reaching out to every single publication out there saying uh you know i'm the best in the industry and i've won this award and then actually win an award and then use that so you know like a lie you can build on lies as well and that we we can't help you there you know there's nothing we can do for those mm -hmm. cases and honestly, as a whole, the industry is still very new. It is very new. Like these these things, it's not that they have to happen, but they will happen. And being at the front line with the media, like it is our job to, you know, take away that fear, take away that confusion. And and of course, it's due to like, you know, the, the learning curves that come with crypto and, and hopefully put the best at the top and continue that mass adoption. And education. Uh, my, my Yes, my summary would that be like, you know, that don't kill the messenger, that uh, 
whoever you want to blame, whether it's a public media or any PR agency or any service providers, whether it's bankers, auditors, compliance firms. I mean, we, we all try investors also like us, you know, like we, we all try to do the best thing that like we can. But again, sometimes we also do mistakes. Sometimes we also can be tricked by people who we want to believe in and they sell us a big dream and big vision and we give them a chance. But sometimes we're wrong. So I think, yeah, we have to heal together as an industry. We have to help each other. And uh, listen, thank you so much, Nisha and Maral, for sharing your experiences with us. And uh, it was amazing to hear from you, to learn from you. And um, I think our community, we're like super happy with uh, the answers you provided. And if you uh, will share um, all your contact information under the description, will be more uh, questions, please reach out to them directly. The Luna PR will share the, the website. Um, and yeah, thank you everyone for joining Bullcaster today. And uh, we'll see you in about two weeks at 4 p.m. UTC or 11 a.m. EST on YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, Twitter, all the lives possible. So <laughs> thank you so much again, ladies. It was really a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Stay tuned with Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls.